Welcome to all you dirt roadies out there for another installment of your favorite cop podcast, Dirt Road Discussions, where we are all about agriculture all the time. I'm your host, Cam Hammond. Joining me today on the show is a guest host for Dirt Road Discussions, and his name is Joel Benson. Joel, thanks for being here with me, and how are you? Good. Excited for the topic today. We've done a lot of things connected to farming and animals and things like this, but this is one that I have some questions about. It's a little bit of mystery in this one, so I'm excited. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. There is a little bit of mystery about this story, and yeah, I'm excited to jump into it as well because it sounds like it's uh, one that should captivate our, our listeners, and it sounds like it's quite the story of perseverance and determination from I won't tell it yet, but I'll, I'll let you know here here soon. So, well, Joe, before we get or Joel, before we get started, I have a, a question for you. You grew up on a farm with a little bit of uh, agriculture background, right? Ah, uh, when I was really young, yeah, you bet. We had a feedlot and some horses and a little bit of a little bit of that. Yes, horses. That's what I was going to ask you about. So, growing up, you rode some horses. Um, I'm assuming, and do are you a fan of horses? <laughs> you bet. You know, like I said, I was pretty young, but I, I do remember we had two horses and uh, there was one named Nuggets and he was the one that you wanted to ride. And then there was one called Red Devil. and He was the one that my mom rode once and then nobody else was allowed to ride him again. I don't even think she got on a horse after that. So they they come with their own personalities and reputations. Oh, that's for sure. As far as a name, yeah, that that that's pretty much a Easy decision as to what horse you would pick, Nuggets or Red Devil. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a little bit of background with horses as well. I grew up on a, a ranch and uh, we raised horses. For whatever reason, I love horses. I just am not a fan of riding them. So I I don't have that, that cowboy blood in me that my ancestors had. My great-grandpa was one of the first people to start uh, a working dude ranch over in the Jackson Hole, Wyoming area. So I come from a long line of cowboys, but for whatever reason, that cowboy blood, as far as riding horses, didn't quite make it into my veins, but uh, I still love working on the farm and, and ranching as well. So but anyway, that is the topic today is we are going to be talking about horses and in particular, one special horse. So Joel, I guess it's time to, with our horse theme, let's go ahead and rein this in. Oh, we'll... excellent. Excellent verbiage. <laughs> oh, thank you. I try. So, and let's, uh, let's saddle up here and we'll get on with this episode. So uh, for our listeners, I have a question. So here at Dirt Road Discussions, we love a good story, especially one that encapsulates those ideals of perseverance and determination. And we came across a story that we just had to learn more about, uh, one that I think has gained a little bit of national media attention. So my question is, have you ever wondered about the white horse of Black Daisy Canyon? Well, you're in for a treat today as we explore this amazing story about this fascinating horse. And with us today, we have our guest, and her name is Barbara Harp. Uh, Barbara resides in Mackey, Idaho, and has long been an admirer of this white horse of Black Daisy Canyon. So she's going to trail us down this fascinating tale about this horse, and we're excited to have her with us. So, Barbara, thanks for joining us here on Dirt Road Discussions, and how are you? Thank you. I'm very good. You bet. So, yeah, we are excited to have you here today. So would you mind just starting off the podcast by telling us a little more about yourself and about your background? Sure. We have a small ranch just below Mackey Reservoir, raised Appaloosa horses and showed Appaloosa horses for a lot of years. 
we first saw the the white horse. Oh gosh, it was whole bunches of years ago. I mean, it's just hard to believe he's still still out there. Let's just start from the very beginning, Barbara. So there's a legend of a white horse that possibly has been out there for 20 years. Where do they think it began, possibly? Well, it's all pretty much conjecture, rumor, and legend, which is a wonderful thing. It is said that this horse escaped from a hunting camp in Copper Basin. He was wearing a strap around his neck with a bell. And that's what always interested me. I mean, the horse in a camp that wears the bell is the reliable one. You can hear the bell clanging and you know the others will be with him because, or usually her, because it's a a boss horse. I can't even imagine the scenario where the lead horse would take off and the others, in the first place, why he'd take off? He's a bell horse. They trusted him. And in the second place, why didn't the other horses come with him? So that was the initial mystery about this horse. It is said that he has a freeze brand on his neck. Um, A freeze brand would, in most cases, indicate that he was a wild horse captured by the BLM and sold to someone. So there he was out there, and I think he was probably four years old or so. He still had a lot of gray color when he uh, made his break for it. And it probably is because he was wild and he kind of wanted to go back there. Why, why work packing a camp when you can just wander around on the side hills, you know? So, Barbara, I think from some of the things I've read, I mean, they're thinking that maybe this was happening like, Nineteen ninety-seven, like twenty-five years ago, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that something? Some people think that it must be a different horse. Well, it's not. We don't have any wild horses in this area, and this guy showed up uh, with that bell, and we heard in town that you know he'd been lost from a hunting camp, and they looked for him for a while, as of course they would. But then they trundled off back home to where, we're not sure, but it is said they were from Washington State. So, Barbara, you live in in Mackey, and you mentioned the Copper Basin area. I've been out that way a number of times, and it's definitely rough country out there. So this this horse has been on his own and survived in that environment for 20, 25 years. Sure enough. Yeah. Could you tell us just more about the area and maybe what kind of predators or or what out there that may have... Uh... Well, the basin itself is high country. So in the winter, it'd be brutal. So this horse, probably because he had been wild, uh, left the basin and dropped down into lower country, if you want to call it that. I mean, here at the ranch, we're at 6,200 feet. So it's not exactly heading for the low country. But apparently here he found everything he liked, you know, feed and water and... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Occasionally there was horses over in Scott's field there across from where he was, but he was never tempted in the least. And he could have went to him. There's no fence between that side. All he had to do was ford the river, which wasn't a big deal. But no, he never had any interest in teaming up with other horses. So if I understand right, though, the legend of this horse isn't just sightings, but people actually, when they see him, have taken pictures. Is that correct? Yes. I wish I could find a really good one. 
I've taken a few, but that ridge over there is, gee, you know, what, three, four hundred, five hundred yards from here. So it's hard. I don't have a lens that would really get an excellent picture. Mr. Marcroft got a couple up on the reservoir when they were fishing because this horse will come right down on the flat there on the south side of the lake and graze. But how long, you know, he's been doing that, I don't know. But I know that, you know, we saw him when he still had a bell, which, of course, he lost years ago. Can you go a couple years between sightings or is it every year or? Oh, it's every year. Yeah. There's something about this side. There's a ridge that runs from the mountain down to the reservoir. And that's the ridge that they built the dam on. So it goes on across, you know, to block and make the Mackie Reservoir. Um, On this side, there's a lot of morning sunshine. And there's rock ledges that he seems to be particularly fond of because the sun had hit those ledges in the morning and he can see everywhere from there. So we've seen him there quite a few times. Right now, this time of year, he wouldn't be here. And I would like to know where he spends the winters, but no one knows. So I I just love the name, the White Horse of Black Daisy Canyon. I mean, that sounds like a a Western or uh, a great novel or something like that. But what what does this yeah. horse mean mean to you and mean to, to the community there of Mackey? Well, you know, everybody is really interested in this horse. People will drive, you know, just to look to see if they can see him and maybe get a photograph. I know people come from other parts of the state or even out of state to see this horse. And of course, the best time for viewing is May, June when he's coming down lower to get grass, you know, new grass. 25 years is a long time for a horse. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he's got to be pretty tough. Any any markings or scars or hobbles or anything that have happened over the years that, you know, lead to more conversation on what experience this horse has had out in the wild? Well, as far as I can see, his hide is just as smooth as can be. So he's had no run-ins with cougars or coyotes or there isn't much here to threaten a horse in my opinion except cougar you know there's occasionally wolves wander through here i think but i don't think they'd take on an animal that big that can kick that hard his uh his challenge will be the winters i mean i know it can get well below freezing there but maybe just talk our listeners through how it's been this winter and what temperatures what conditions he would face as he's working through another winter Yeah, this is the year I worry about. The last two, even three years, have been quite mild. This one has been a bear. I mean, we got our first good snow in October, for heaven's sake. And it's hard to say how much snow we have because the wind blows like a son of a gun. But it looks like we've had about two feet. And the worst of it being that we had a warm spell that crusted the snow. So that makes it very difficult for elk, deer, and a certain white horse. <laughs> so I guess we can see why he might come to the lowlands once in a while just to get out of that. Have people tried to ever approach the white horse, or is that against the culture of the valley to do that, or will people actually try to approach this animal at all? No, I heard two guys went up on horseback, and they had ropes, but they thought probably if they just rode up there, he'd be thrilled to see fellow equines. 
and would just follow them back home. But (laughs) that didn't happen. (laughs) It's kind of funny, really. You know, he's he's very independent and he seems totally happy out there, you know, wandering around and standing by that rock, sopping up sunshine and just, you know, we have wild horses all within 30 miles of here. And sure, they have bad winters, but they have a small group to break snow, you know, to kind of help them get through. So I wondered, does he find a herd of elk and stay in that vicinity so he has somebody breaking up the snow for him? I mean, I'd really like to know how he has managed this for so many years. Yeah, you're not kidding. That would have to be something like that because, I mean, if you have two feet of snow, I would imagine that the horse is going to have a hard time foraging and, and finding enough food to sustain him. So have there any been any sightings of the horse coming down into the lower areas and maybe wandering his way, on finding a, a farmer's haystack or anything like that? No, I haven't heard of him coming down anywhere in the winter. Hmm. Uh, you'll see him in the spring and summer, but not in the winter. So Man. where the heck is he? I, I don't know. <laughs> I know he's not getting fed alfalfa and equine senior grain mix, you know. He's out there doing his own thing, and he's happy out there. He's free. (laughs) Maybe that's part of the the enchantment of this whole thing. He's just going to go his own way. So, yeah, you mentioned about where you're at in Mackey, and for people that haven't been out there, I mean, there is a lot of open space. But you talked about earlier about other wild horses, and you weren't you were surprised that he hadn't joined other wild horses. Have you have you seen other wild horses up there? You mentioned a little well, bit, and no, do they usually I, go in a pack? I haven't been surprised that he hasn't joined a group because we have none within thirty miles, at least thirty miles of here. Okay, um, and he would have no you know no notion of where there might be others, and the way he acts. He might not want to join them anyway. He seems happy the way he is. Sounds like, yeah, he's perfectly content doing what he's doing. And sounds like he's as stubborn as the day is long. So, yeah, it's worked for him so far. It has. Yeah. And, you know, I'm surprised that his hide is as smooth still as as it could be. And I think he's just living his best life out there. And Well, another uh, another thing. Another thing with uh, horses is they normally need to be wormed or they'll fall off in weight. Um, as they get older, they'll get a really, really long coat of hair that is not really healthy. But I haven't seen that in this guy. He's uh, trim. He's not fat. He's just the weight he should be. Uh, his coat is just in this. We saw him in May, you know, just as slick as could be. Um, He seems the picture of health. Now, I I am concerned about him for this winter because we had temperatures here with the wind of 40 below, and we had some actual 20 to 25 below. That's brutal. You know, he had better know where to go, where to hole up. I, I just love to know that. Barbara, do you think that's the allure of this horse? It's just that here he is. There's, I mean, he's got a, a theme of being a hermit, being in solitary, but he's okay. That's a big part of it. But the other part is the fact that he keeps cropping up every spring for all these years. He's so, he has such longevity for a horse in the wild. You know, it's, that's another part of it. I think that adds to his, toughness you know his reputation is 
being able to make it alone. He proves that every year. Yeah, I'm really hoping that he he does well this winter. And there have been animals and, and other communities that have kind of encapsulated the heart of that community. And and when that uh, animal passed away, they, and I think it was a, a husky up in Alaska, like they would, they would make a statue on behalf of that animal that kind of symbolizes what that animal means to the town. Do you think that might ever happen in Mackey if, if this old horse were to pass away, that maybe a statue might be put up in, in memory of this horse? And I don't this, know about that, but I know that the museum has a, a display of photographs. I haven't seen it. Uh, my niece would really like to do a portrait of of him because he's so so unique. Um, we just need a really good photograph. So I'd say if anyone out there has a great photograph of this horse, and it has to be this horse, no other horse, she would love to paint this, and that'd be a great tribute to him. Have the sightings mainly been with locals there? I mean, or has there ever been uh, people from out of town that have ever come in trying to see the horse or got that kind yeah, of? Yeah, there, there has been uh, up at Mackey Reservoir, you know, that there's a campground there, a BLM campground, and that's an ideal place for black daisy white horse watching come April, May, and June. So people can fish and they can keep their binoculars trained across the lake and maybe see that white horse. From what you said, though, you said there's not really wild horses in that area anyway. So if there's a horse, a white horse walking all by itself anywhere in that area, that's him. you know, you, you know, you got lucky. Mm -hmm. Sure enough. And has it always been the white horse of Black Daisy Canyon or have you ever called, called him anything else other than that? No, that's always been him. And I think, um, although he was seen up on the mine hill at one point, he uh, early on decided he liked this Black Daisy Canyon and, and this side of the ridge from Black Daisy. He spent most of his life right in here. You know, I wish I had a drone or something that I could go up through there and try to see where the heck he is in the wintertime. So, Barbara, I know that chances are better of seeing him uh, later this this spring but as far as uh, you maybe trying to see him or tracking him are you do you look for him every day or just when you're out out and about so i go out once in a while and scan with the binoculars over that way to see if anything has moved around over there but no he's somewhere other than my side of the the river right mm-hmm. now or the ridge Well, Barbara, this has been a fascinating story. I'm glad our listeners got to hear it because, like I said, there's photographs, so everybody knows it's the same horse. And so it's a story that we know a little, and there's a mystery behind what what this horse does when it's not being seen. But here on Dirt Road Discussions, we just like to ask one kind of wrap-up question, and that is, in the future, what what do you hope? Where do you hope this legend goes? Do you hope that uh, he comes in to find a family and uh, uh, some friends down in the valley, or do you just hope that he rides off to the sunset? Yeah, coming down and finding a haystack or a pasture would really blow up our legend, wouldn't it? I mean, (laughs) we know know he's not that kind of a guy. He's going to be out there 
just as long as he can. And when he disappears, nobody will know what happened to him or where he's at. And I think he'd approve of that too. Well said. So once again, we have been joined by Barbara Harp. Barbara resides in Mackey, Idaho, and has been following the White Horse of Black Daisy Canyon. And we're grateful she was able to uh, tell us more about this legend and also tell our listeners. So Barbara, thanks so much for joining us here on Dirt Road Discussions. We look forward to, to following the white horse more. And again, he seems to be very happy with, with what he's doing. So, um, but thank you so much for your time. Oh, it was my pleasure. And with that, we'll wrap up another episode of Dirt Road Discussions, and we'll see you down the road. <laughs>